PGA Nation, we are back. Big week. We are heading to Bay Hill with the Arnold Palmer Invitational. You know what I was thinking? The name has so much gravitas this week. The Invitational, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. It should almost be the PGA Draftcast Invitational, right? You gotta, mm. you gotta be invited to join the Draftcast. That's maybe we'll take something from that. Well, we'll see how this week goes. Big tournament. We have a fun field. But before we dive into that, we also have the golf writer of the year, to nobody's surprise, on this show. So, listen, we all knew he was going to win it. Like, it was kind of <laughs> he was the best writer. But the fact that he's officially crowned, Spence, big congrats. How do you feel it? Yeah, once again, thank you to everyone for all the FSWA support this week. Uh, I, you know, I sent a message out on Thursday thanking everybody. And I meant what I said, like, this is something that I couldn't do without everybody that gives me support weekly, whether you tune into this show, uh, the better golf podcast I do. I know those are two podcasts and they're not written content, but it all is the same thing for me. Like uh, you tune into my written work, the support means everything from you guys. So it was a real honor and humbling experience to pull it off. Obviously, I was up against two really strong candidates in Pat Mayo and Brian DeCordy. I, uh, you know, it's funny to say I said this on the Better Golf podcast, but I really wanted to win. Like it was something that meant a lot to me to pull out. I didn't know exactly how it was going to go with it, and I didn't really allude on any of the shows how badly I wanted it. But this is something that I eat, sleep, and breathe daily to try to give the best information possible. I, I give my model every single week out for free to the public because I want them to become better at this. And this is just something I'm very passionate about. And, you know, it's, it was really nice to see the passion pay off this weekend. It's a complete effort from everybody that gives me support. I, I will say you couldn't, no one deserves it more than you because it does show, you know, if anyone ever, asked you for help, you are right there to help them. Anytime I've ever asked for some support, you've given it right to me. And, and that I know that sentiment is echoed through everyone that we work with at Win Daily. And anyone anyone who knows you knows that you know you're there to help and you're great at it. So you know the reward is well deserved. I'm lucky and, and thankful to have you with me on the show. Yeah Thanks, so Joel God, that's what I was good I was gonna say that too. It's like it you know it almost it makes me feel good because I'm a part of some of the, a very small part of what of some of the things that Spencer like just to be in and I know this sounds like I'm just like catering and and just maybe um you know blowing you up a little bit but like it's pretty cool Spencer I, you know I didn't know you two years ago you know yeah. and then here you are you're just grinding you're doing your thing you're so good at what you do you get recognized by a lot of people in the industry including Nick Bretwish and Jason Mizrahi and 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 some other people and then here you are on the show with us and of course working with Roto Baller as well and and some other outlets be the number of course and it's just really cool that like here you are so like so quickly maybe not quickly for you but it seems quick to me in the sense that i've only known you for a short period of time and it's like boom he's the golf writer of the year and it's just really cool to be just a kind of, i'm not a part of it but it, like just to be sort of a part of, of your whole thing it's just i think joel was just saying the same thing it's just really neat to have you on our show on the show because you're part of win daily too every single week and I, you know, Isaiah wrote in the comments, I don't know if you've noticed, but like everybody's saying, congratulations, Spencer. And there's a lot of people in there, but it could, it really truly couldn't have happened to a better person, you know? And I genuinely mean that. That doesn't mean that 
the other two candidates weren't good people. Doesn't mean that we're not good people too. But but what I really mean is that anybody who meets you, anybody who who has met you for even really ten seconds, or has talked to you in Discord or or on Twitter, they know you're just a really genuine, nice, good person. And so it's really cool when those people get rewarded. It's just really cool to see that. So congratulations again. I know you're going to continue to crush it and probably going to get nominated. I don't know how it works exactly, but you'll probably get nominated again next year. Hopefully you take it down again. But either way, what an accomplishment and uh, super proud to be a, a, just a small part of some of the stuff that you do. Thank you, Sia. I mean, those are such humbling words and, and I really appreciate it. And, you know, I think it goes to show that if whatever you do, if you put in the hard work behind it and, you know, you, you try to help people out and you do all the right things with it, that you can get to where you want to get with it. Because as you said, like, yeah, like you didn't know me two years ago, but this has been a long grind. Like I, I got into this business in 2018. Um, I thought I could add a different perspective because I come from a sports betting background with it. So I thought that was something that could be unique for me in the space. But you know, when I got into this, I, I never envisioned, I didn't even know about the FSWA contest. And, you know, it's just a, a whirlwind experience to, you know, four years after that fact. And, and really in the last two years, I, I've seen this really start growing and, and taking form with everything that I want with it. But, you know, thank you guys for everything. Thanks to the win. Thank you to the Win Daily family for everything. Like all the, the writers and, and the people that we deal with in Discord and everybody that I talk to daily with it. Like, it's just been a great experience. And just throughout the community, everybody that I speak to on Twitter, I, I couldn't thank everybody enough for all the support. And Joel, real quick, because I know we're going to get into the model breakdown and get into this draft in a second. But this that's a really nice segue in terms of Spencer talking about hard work, because one thing I did, you guys saw the tweet I put out a couple hours ago, which for the record, if anybody's in this chat watching this show and hasn't retweeted uh, the the tweet I sent out, around six o'clock PM. Like you'll, you'll see it on my page. Just it's, it's right there. Um, go ahead and retweet it and follow the instructions there. Cause you'll be eligible for, uh, so some of the four, one of the four free entries that, that I'm going to give out. And also Jason's given out some, uh, some free memberships too throughout the show. So with all that said in that tweet, I also put out, what are your short and long-term goals for anybody who retweeted? I wanted to know, I just wanted to know, I don't know some of these people, but I was just curious what their short and long-term goals were, because I feel like a lot of people, they're like Spencer in one way. They're like, well, I have this great idea. I have this great perspective, but they don't actually put it in practice. They don't do what Spencer did. And so my thought in putting that tweet out there, I know some people like might think it's silly or whatever, like, oh, you know, what's he, what's he trying to do here? But my thought was, if you actually think about it and you have a short or, and or long-term goal, like you have to talk about it. You have to put it in play and maybe bounce it off of people, maybe like myself or whoever happens to be in your life, so they can kind of bounce it back and be like, all right, well, what, what steps are you taking? What have you done so far? What's holding you back? Is that is that a real reason that it's holding you back or is that really just an excuse? Like there are so many things that can get you to where Spencer is or where some other people are, where, where you want to go. And it's all about putting it in play. You can only put it in play if you actually you know, write it down, talk about it, take an actual volitional step toward it. And so that's sort of where I was going with with the tweet in the first place. So I actually hope to continue those conversations with the people that I was speaking with just in the last hour um, so that I can hold them accountable a month from now or a year from now and say, hey, did you accomplish your goal? And I think Spencer's kind of living proof that, boom, he starts this in 2018. It's 2022, guys. It's not that far removed from 2018. And he's the FSWA Golf Writer of the Year. Pretty cool. 
And I'm a big believer in manifesting your future with it. And that's what you're alluding to with a lot of what Mm -hmm. you said. And you have to put it into motion and you have to believe that what you're doing is going to work and you have to have a belief in yourself with it. So, uh, you know, every single year I I write goals for myself for the year of things that I want to accomplish. And uh, funny enough, one of them this year was I wanted to be nominated for an FSWA award. And I didn't even put it into the winning aspect of it. I thought, you know, like get nominated and that'll be a really big step into my future in this industry. And I, uh, you know, it's funny if you put, if you look at my Twitter, like I'm not going to say the exact thing on here, but you can look at my model for 2022. Like I, I'm trying to put myself into a position to where, you know, whatever the end goal can be with it, that's what I'm trying to shoot for. Like I'm shooting for the moon with it. And, you know, I think shows like PGA DraftCast and all the things that uh, like my show with Nick, uh, those are things that have really helped propel me. And and so I'm very thankful to you guys and Nick and, and Jason Mizrahi for all the places you guys have put me over the last year, because uh, without that, you know, none of this really forms. Well, before we move on, I actually have a short term goal that I'd like to share right now on the show. And that short term goal is to take down the golf writer of the year this week in the draft cast yes. while we draft tonight. So I plan on accomplishing that goal and the way to do that. And we're going to go back and we're going to do the course breakdown. Like we always do, but we're going to do a little sneak peek into the draft first, because first we do have to congratulate the audience and Sia for having a great draft last week for winning the draft. And so this week you guys pick the order. So if you guys want, Audience, drop in the chat. Tell us what order you want. Put the four names, me, Joel, Spencer, Sia, and the audience. You're drafting your own team tonight. Back to the OG. Uh, Let us know what order you want, Sia. Uh, By the time we get through with the course breakdown, you're going to pick the order that we're going to go with for tonight. But before we do that, what a better way to get started for tonight than to have none other than the golf writer of the year give us a breakdown of what to look for at Bay Hill this week. Spence, please go ahead. Give us the breakdown. Really fast. Let me just say to the audience, uh, remember who's been very giving to you guys the last couple weeks when I was picking the order. Keep that in mind. If you guys want to put me near the top of the board, uh, I would be very thankful for that. But <laughs> uh, this is, as far as this tournament's been, it, this has been a very difficult tournament to handicap over the years. I am someone that pinpoints in to find a skill set needed for those that find success. But there isn't exactly a straightforward answer for how to play this course. I still believe a combination of total driving, difficult scoring, you know, long iron play to account for the nearly 30% of second shots that take place over 200 yards, sand safe percentage and things of that nature will be of the utmost importance. But the varying routes to succeed at the venue mixed with the potential for water danger turns this into a volatile tournament that has somehow produced steady results for the golfers that have played. Well, at this track, even if I don't think that it's that steady putting it together. So I will quickly run through my model. Um, You know, I won't go as in depth into it because I do want to start this show at some point. We obviously had a little bit of a longer opening, but uh, I started with weighted par five scoring for 17 and a half percent. When you remove the four par fives from the equation at Bay Hill, there isn't a hole that plays higher than 18.2% in birdie or better. That's a stark contrast to the par fives, which range between 33 to 57%. Uh, Keeping with the scoring theme, I did weighted par three for 10%. All four play over 200 yards. And I took a combination of par three average and long iron proximity to form a new total there. 
I have total driving for 15%. That's 60% distance and 40% accuracy. I think you could weigh it a little bit differently in either direction, but I like the flatter build just because of the rough uh, that does come into play. If I was to go one way, I would go more towards the distance, but a 60-40 split in favor of distance there. Strokes gain total at difficult courses that are over 7,400 yards. I think that's self-explanatory. This is one of the more challenging venues. Weighted T to green for 25%. I don't want to get into the exact breakdown because it hopefully complicates the process, but I will say 67.9% of the scoring dispersion takes place between off the tee approach and around the green with approach accounting for nearly 55% of that total. I reweighted the information and included proximity from 150 plus yards to round it out there. Weighted fast Bermuda for 12.5%. And then I wrapped it up with 10% on weighted proximity from over 150 yards. Uh, that's a big double down of weighted proximity. I kind of have it over and over again in this model. Yes, I'm missing certain things like sand save percentage, strokes gain total and win, scrambling. I think those are things that are secondary stats for me that I'm going to work into my model as the event starts. Uh, I just wanted to find the best players in a more condensed nature. And to me, that was one of the ways I did it. Hey, can I ask you something? And I might have missed something here, but I noticed your weighted proximities tended to be in the in the 150 and above range. Um, and I know from just some of my research and some of the other things I've listened to that a lot of people are focused on that 200 plus range because there's a larger percentage of shots coming uh, approach shots coming from there. So it was your 150 more of a catch all because it's it's there's going to be more shots from 150 plus in general. Yeah, the plurality of shots are going to come from 150 plus. So you're going to have 66% of the second shots that take place from there. But when I reweigh the data, I look at the historical trends. So 30% of the shots are taking place from 200 plus yards. So essentially, just to simplify that a little bit, um, I'm taking that 30% into the 66%. So not quite half of the weighted proximity is taking place from 200 plus yards. Oh, okay. So okay. it's still going to be much more inclined to be looking at the super long iron players. Uh, but I'm going to gradually throw in that 175 to 200 and, and 150 to 175 range too. Oh, okay. So in other words, you are still kind of overweighing for yes. lack of a better term, 200 plus, but it's within that 150 plus weighted proximity. Yeah. And it's going to okay. take like the historical trends from it. Like it's not, well, in reality, it's only taking 150 plus yards uh, that I'm looking at. So it's getting rid of everything else and reweighing the model. So in reality, it's about 50%, a little bit less, 50% of the weight though is coming from when I look at approach numbers is coming from 200 plus yards. So it's a really big number that's going into this model. All right. It looks like, oh, I'm sorry, um, Joel, did you have anything? Cause I'm looking at the, the order that people, have decided to go with i see ivan starting with spencer us sia joel and then steven pipes in with the same order i think i think we should just go with ivan we'll have spencer first then the audience then me and then joel you're uh you're gonna have the back-to-back -back picks I did notice the only consensus in everyone's pick was that I was going last. So <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, but I'm just going to tell myself it's good. So I feel better about my health. I did read in there that uh, Joel is dangerous. Let's put him last and keep them away from the audience. So uh, people are fearful of you. And thank you to the audience. You know, we're on a good wavelength between us. I help them out. They help me out. And, and this is very ideal. Well, we got a big draft tonight, and this is a fun tournament. Uh, this is one in terms of the field, which um, is interesting. You're going to get some of your big names, but it does drop off pretty quickly after 
you know, the top five to 10 guys. Um, and then from there, it goes pretty low. Like there's, when you get down to the bottom of the sixth game, there's maybe a few guys that you can look at, but you know, I think you're not going to want to be too invested in that six K range. So there is this median spot this week where ownership is going to gather because it has to, because I think those are the main core of kind of relevant golfers that we all have to get to. So it's going to be interesting how we draft rosters of six and kind of compete for I like a lot of the similar guys that people are going to be on. So, Joel, I have one question before we get started, because this is a weird type of draft in the sense that, like, obviously we can't repeat players. Right. And so I want to ask a very, very simple question. And it, it, we've taken enough time before getting into the draft. So you can just give me a yes or no. And maybe one sentence after uh, Spencer, I'll go to you first. If you're doing single entry, which a lot of us do, including myself, uh, single entry three max. But let's say single entry. Do you, and let's say you're doing five single entry lineups, do you bother with the 6K range in this particular tournament? To me, the 7K range, like seven flat, 7,100, I think there's a lot of rich talent in there or a lot of upside at least, 7,100, 7,200, 7,300. I feel like there's a pretty big drop off as soon as you get below 7K. So single entry, Spencer, do you bother with the 6K range? For single entry, I I agree with your general sentiments to it. I I, I think that... Let me just answer. Let me just, sorry. Let me give like a couple sentences to this. Okay. I think when you look at, I think when you look at single entry, one of the things is you don't need to get as random in a build. And by random, I mean these $6,000 golfers. So uh, there are a couple guys I like, but as an overall sentiment to this, I would agree with what you're saying. Golf writer of the year just has to inject like two or three extra sentences. (laughs) No off switch on this guy. Joel, how about you? Um, for me, you know, there are a handful of guys in the 6K range that I'm over, I'm valuing higher than their price tag. So for those guys in my player pool, yes, of course. Uh, but other than that, no, I, I, I think, you know, I'm like, I, like I always do. And I say every week, you know, before you build lineups, build your player pool, narrow who you're willing to play. And if that means there's only two 6K guys, then leave it at that. And that means when you build your rosters, if that means you can't get all the top guys you want in the lineup because you have to dip down, that means you got to change your lineup because you don't want to just start throwing Hail Marys when those guys miss the cut and you can't win. So make your player pool first before you make any lineups. That's how I would do it. If it means there's a couple of six guys, then those are the only guys that you should play moving forward. All right. And one other thing, just before we, we make the first pick here, um, if you retweeted, you are eligible for both a membership and a, a $20 entry, which I'm going to Venmo to you just personally. I'm going to Venmo that to you um, after the show. At some point, you can just uh, direct message me on that. But the, the point I'm making is make sure that you haven't only retweeted, but you, you've actually done the comment thing. It looks like everybody's done that, but I just want to make sure that's how I'm determining who's eligible. I'm actually reading the comments as opposed to the retweets themselves. So make sure you've commented. I love it. So it looks like the draft order is set. We're going to go Spencer, audience, Sia, Joel. Is that correct? All right. Uh, Spencer, golf writer of the year. Without further ado, you are on the clock. So one of the things that everybody has noticed from me on this show is I like to get very unique with this first pick. Uh, last week didn't work quite as well with Jonathan Vegas. Now he did make the cut. Uh, that's a positive, but he didn't pay off his price tag the way I was hoping for with it. Um, it was a much more bullish situation the week that I took Scotty Scheffler with it, but I am going to rein things back in a little bit this weekend. Uh, I'm very happy to have the number one pick because there is a guy on my board that he's going to be very popular. 
Um, he's going to be very expensive. It's going to make things a little bit more complicated to build down at the very bottom here, but I think he wins the tournament. So I am going to take Rory McIlroy mm. at 11,100. I love the course history. I, I think that this is a really good spot for him. And I mean, almost any way I grade him, um, he's inside the top 10 in almost all stats that I ran. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be, yeah, he's going to be a pick that people like. It's so hard to deny the course history. I mean, he's just like an auto top 10 and has a great shot. Are you worried at all about the approach play? It's been, I mean, granted, a lot of the metrics we don't really see because he was on the DP World Tour, but are you worried a little bit about the approach play or not really? No, I mean, sure. I mean, like, it means something, but a lot of those tournaments, I mean, we really have two tournaments we're looking at on the PGA tour over the last, you know, two months with this, um, his long iron proximity, he's sixth in my model when it comes to that weighted proximity over 150 plus yards. When you get him at some of these other courses, the, the irons can run away from him. The one thing I am worried about is if this tournament plays at like eight under par, I don't know if he necessarily wins it, but if this is 12, 13, you know, 11 under par, even if it can get to double digits, I think this is the perfect spot for him. Yeah. Okay. So you, you put me in a, like, I almost wish I wasn't in the second spot. I wish I was picking in Joel's spot because for whatever reason, I don't really want to take this guy right now. Well, wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah, you're, you're in the third spot. We got the audience. Too. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, thank goodness. You okay. You are saved. My bad. Um, okay. And you know, we have a, we're in a bit of a predicament because there's been a lot of nominations, but no one has been doubled yet. Well, I see a double Casey. No, I was I was looking at it looked like Matt Fitzpatrick. I, I thought I saw quite a few for now Edward yeah, and now I'm trying to figure out who the first one is. It was Edward and then Steven and Isaiah all mentioned Fitz, it looks like. It looks like if you count Keegan's, it looks like Casey would be the first. Yeah, I think it looked to me it looked like Fitz. But let's make a call here. What do you guys think? The the audience. Who who are we on? Is it Fitz or Casey? You're down to those two. All right. Let's just go with Fitz. I, it seemed to me that there were three people back to back to back that were on Fitz. So let's go with Matt Fitzpatrick. And so Spencer, he's going to be a really popular guy this week uh, for pretty good reason. The the history here is is pretty great. Seems like a good course fit. Uh, you guys tell me, I'm guessing his, I'm not looking at it right now. I'm guessing his ownership is pretty high. Uh, what do you think of the play, Spencer? Yeah, I see about 17 and a half percent right now. Uh, when we condense the numbers, the par five scoring has been really good recently. Um, I worry a little bit about the weight of proximity. Although with that being said, the proximity from 200 plus yards has been really good. Uh, fine total driver of the ball. You mean, look, I think that in, in theory, he's probably accurately priced. I mean, for whatever you want to take that to be worth, but the course history is really good. And uh, I don't necessarily think that whoever you take, that's the chalky play this week. I don't think people are going to necessarily burn your lineups. Like more than mm -hmm. 50% of the players are going to make the cut. I do think Fitzpatrick is a step above a lot of players in this field. Um, you know, at 17 and a half percent, I wish he was a little bit lower in ownership, but I, I think it's fine. 
Yeah, and um, Stephen's piping in here, eighteen point one percent as of right now, based on on his modeling and what he does. His article, of course, comes out at windailysports.com tomorrow around five six o'clock. Uh, super on point with the ownership projections and his picks, frankly. All right, so it's on me. So I'm going to go with the guy that I, I was really hesitant to go with, but I'm just going to take the the you know what I think is the best guy in the field. It's funny with John Rom because we kind of you know I, I almost feel like the perception. And maybe I'm wrong about this, but it almost feels like the perception for Rom is like, oh, he's struggling a little bit. And you know, around the green, he is struggling a bit, but everything else is still like John Rom esque off the tee approach, um, strokes gain par five, the proximities. I mean, everything looks pretty good with John Rom. So I'm not really afraid of him, other than the fact that I don't love the fact that he's never played this course before. And when you juxtapose him against Roy McElroy, who has this like amazing course history. It kind of like, you know, I kind of wilts a little bit because those guys are, you know, virtually the same price or Mac was more of a savings, actually. So with that said, I, I still think John Rahm is the best guy in this field. I like this elite range a lot in general, but it's going to be John Rahm for me. I mean, that's a great pick. I love John Rahm. I think uh, you're getting the best player in golf. Um, and I think every week he's under price. So um, I love that pick. From UCF. For me, I'm going to now be strategic. We saw three pretty high salaried golfers go out early. So there's some guys up top that I like, but I'm going to save them thinking I'm going to have a chance to get them later. And I'm going to start down low. Someone that's already been mentioned tonight on the show. He's very consistent. Um, you know, someone who is maybe one of my favorite plays from a cash perspective and someone I definitely like from a tournament perspective as well. And that's going to be Casey. Um, his ball striking is, is elite. Um, he's able to, you know, some of these longer holes, the distance, you know, should almost be to his benefit. He's got a good history, not great, but but good for someone I'm getting in, at a mid-tier. My biggest concern with him from a GPP perspective is that he is creeping up to, you know, 17% ownership, which you don't love. But again, this week, I think we're going to find that there's just a lot of ownership tied to maybe 10 or so guys that I think it's just going to be hard to fade completely. So I'll start with Casey here. And then for my second pick on the wraparound, um, it's going to be tough. And I am stalling. But and, and what I'm going to go with, another a guy we've mentioned a few times, if you've been following along, he's been someone who's been featured on our show a few times. I'm not going to bother with pronouncing his name because I'm going to butcher it. But it's Bez. Uh, this is, you know, Bez has a good history on this course. I'm getting a, a real good value at 7,700. Um, again, he's tied for 18th and 7th the last few times he's played. He's going to really like putting on this surface. He hasn't been great with his ball striking as of recently, but this isn't a guy that tends to go months at a time, you know, so I think this is a good, a good bounce back spot at a course that he likes in a field that he can manage at a good price. I, I really like Bez this week. Yeah, just to add to the Paul Casey thing, like, yeah, he's going to be very popular, but he should have been – I don't know, 9,100, 9,300. Like that's more of the accurate price tag for him in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, that's fair. I like that. Uh, so I'm going to go with, so I'm debating between two guys. One's going to save me three guys really. And I'm hoping that somehow I can get all three because I don't know that they're going to be super popular guys. So I'm going to go down pretty low here because I took John Rom, and I'm going to take Tom Hoagie. I just think the price is too low on Tom Hoagie. He's gained, like, we know he won. We know he's been good, but it, it, it's not like, oh, he was a flash in the pan. Like, what is he now? He's gained ball striking in 11 out of the last 12 tournaments. The putter can get hot. 
I, I just, I don't see, I mean, of course I see downside with Tom Hoagie, much like 80% of this field, but at 7,300, it just seems like he should be up there with like the Seamus powers of the world in that 7,600 range. And I feel like you're definitely getting savings off Tom Hoagie. His approach play can be super on point. He saves me some money. Uh, yeah, so it's a pretty easy call for me to go ahead and, and take the savings there. I like the pick. Yeah, I I, his uh, his iron play has been really good over the last year. Yeah. Like exactly. one of the better iron players in the world recently. Like when I was looking at some of my numbers, I was shocked this season. He was number one from a lot of different proximity ranges that are more of that mid to long iron range. So uh, you would think it's a good fit for him and he's playing really good golf. So here's the thing. Okay, we, we have to make a rule here because I there, there's two picks that have already, you can already stop nominating because there's two guys that are in play here. The question for you, Joel and Spencer is, two of the picks look like they came in right before I made my pick. And then two picks came right after. And they're, and it's different people. So do we, like, I feel like we should probably wait until I make my pick and then they start typing names. But I don't know, maybe that delays the show a little bit. So do we go with the like the guy that was actually nominated twice first? I think we go with the first guy. I think if you picked him, then they would have had to move on. But since you didn't, I think it's fair. Game. Okay. In that case, it's Chris Kirk. Chris Kirk won. There was a guy right after him that was nominated by a few people, but Chris Kirk definitely had the first two nominations. So he is the audience's second pick. At 7,500, great value there too. He's been great on this course, obviously coming in with good recent form. You know, you, you probably got a bad taste in your mouth because of what he did on Sunday. It was almost like he was allergic to being two back. Like anytime he was like really truly within striking distance, he just he just faded. And then it just became a disaster once it was um, down the stretch time. But a great, good, consistent golfer. He obviously didn't play well on Sunday, but I will give him some grace. He played well for the most part of the week. And mm -hmm. we saw like that course a lot of guys blew up and had a really poor day. And so, you know, it's like you said, you have a bad taste in your mouth because you saw it from Kirk on Sunday, but he played a really good week. And, you know, I this is going to be a tough course too. It's not going to be a cakewalk, but you, you almost kind of give them a little bit of grace in that that's how that course was playing. And a lot of guys had a day where they, they really slipped up. So Spencer, while you consider your picks, I'm going to do the first giveaway. Okay. Perfect. So you have a, a couple extra seconds to choose your two guys. Okay, so here's what I want to do. Uh, basically, I'm I'm basically scrolling the um, the comments of that tweet that I put out two hours ago. And if anybody's listening, and they haven't retweeted and commented. Please keep going. Like, go ahead and do it right now. You'll be you'll certainly be eligible. Um, I'm going to announce a winner. I'm just randomly scrolling and picking somebody. I'm just being honest with you. There's no other way for me to do it while I'm doing the show. I'm going to pick somebody, and I'm going to give him the option because we have two things we can offer. We can offer a three month three month gold membership, which existing subscribers probably don't want i don't know exactly how that works or a 20 dollar um entry into the um into the pitch and putt the one million dollar pitch and putt so i'm going to announce the winner and the winner is listening and so he can type in does he want the three-month gold membership or does he want the the i'm still going to give four away regardless does he want the 20 dollar um entry into the golf tournament so the winner before uh spencer gives away his uh, next two picks is ed and i believe that's edward gale so Edward Gale, you can tell us in the chat, do you want the three-month gold membership to Win Daily Sports or do you want the, uh, the 20 bucks that I'm going to Venmo to four people and enter into that tournament? And while I'm waiting for his answer, Spencer, you can go with your picks. 
Uh, perfect. Congratulations to Ed on that. Um, both of those two things, either one that you get, both of those two things are going to be hopefully profitable with it. Like if you can turn a $20, you know, free entry into something, that would be the ultimate there. And then if you want to be a part of, I don't, is he a part of the win daily? That's the thing. So that's why I'm kind of giving the option. I think honestly, the win daily membership is like way more valuable because course, you get, you get but... all the sports and discord and all that. But like, I don't, I want to make sure I don't like pick a winner and it's like, yeah, I'm already, I'm already like paying for a, a membership. So that's sort of like, I almost, if you're already a, a member, like you're definitely getting a 20. If you're not, I would say just take the win daily, but I'm going to give you the option regardless. Yeah. The win daily thing is uh, it's a very good value. You get all the sports with it and all of us go in for the golf aspect of it, and we give all our Discord plays. Cool. Okay, so Edward Perfect. Gale, um, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I didn't mean to interrupt you, uh, Spencer. Uh, Discord really is important, and some of these articles, like Steven's article, which is behind the paywall, uh, to me, that's kind of critical. Um, and there's exactly. obviously a lot more, all, all the other sports as well. So, um, okay, so Edward, I'm gonna I'm gonna write you down. So just direct message me anytime tonight, and uh, we'll get it hooked up. Sometimes it takes a day or two to get you hooked up, but you'll have a three-month gold membership. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, congratulations to Edward on that. And uh, for my two picks, I'm going to keep this simple. I, I won't go into a long um, answer for this. The first name I'm going to take, Corey Connors. Uh, you know, Corey Connors does not enter this tournament with the kind of form that he had at some points last year with it. But, you know, whether it's on the Win Daily article, which, you know, I have an article um, also that's behind uh, the gold membership of that. And, and Corey Connors was you know, every one of those tournaments, a fade for me. And I just think that this is a much better course for him. You're going to, when we talk about total driving and putting, not meaning as much Corey Connors becomes much more in place. So the first guy I'm going to take is Corey Connors. And then with that same mindset of putting, not meaning as much, I'm going to take Keegan Bradley. And this is going to be the no putt team that I have right now. And I have really good ball strikers on this team. And you know, we'll see how I can round it out at the bottom. It's going to depend on what you guys end up doing with it. But I have a couple different routes that I'm considering with it. So I think this keeps me open right now for what I'm trying to build. And and I really like those two guys in the $7,000 range this week. Yeah, and it looks like Keegan is picking up. Maybe Corey, too. Uh, great ball strikers, obviously. But Keegan looks to be a value play for a lot of people. I'm always nervous of Keegan. And the reason is because... He's going to show up really well on models for the most part, yeah. especially in the ball striking department. I'm not really worried about the putter. That, that's, I mean, obviously it's a problem for him, but I, I kind of play the game of, you know, regression can go both ways. It can spike every once in a while. I think the problem with him is my experience with him playing him is that he can be pretty good for a couple of days and then he just completely fizzles out on Saturday or Sunday. And he just, he becomes that guy that we, we watched a few of those guys just, you know, last week at the Honda classic where it was like, Oh man, these guys are in it. And then five minutes later, they're literally gone. No coverage of them. They're like six shots back and continuing to fade. And, and that's sort of where I've placed Keegan now, whereas I liked guys like him and like Charlie Hoffman last year, because the ball striking was just off the charts, almost literally. And then I just, you know, it just kind of like it started to fade over time. So I like the play. I know a lot of smart people like Keegan Bradley, too. I know Nick Brettwish. I'm pretty sure, Spencer, you can tell us from the Better Golf Pod whether he endorsed that one. But both great ball. Like you have the ball striking extraordinaires on your team right now, Spencer. Yeah. And, and I mean, as far as I guess the one negative thing, just to add to what you're saying with it, finishing position will mean a lot here. So if Keegan ends up imploding on Saturday or Sunday, I will see a bit of a hit on this lineup, but he's been good at this tournament. I mean, like he's making cuts. He seems to be competing. So uh, I, I know Nick likes Keegan. 
um, a lot this week. I don't know how much he likes him, but uh, he was the guy that we talked about a little bit off air, even that he was going to be in his player pool. So I know Nick likes him and, and Nick also likes Corey Connors too. And we both have outright tickets on Connors. All right. It looks like the pick is in. I, I don't know how much you guys are monitoring it. It was a, it was between two guys, uh, two really good candidates. I like one better than the other. I'll hold all reserve judgment on that, but it looked like Max Homa was the next pick by the audience. I have, by the way, I have trouble with Max Homa. I'm, I'm not 100% sure I'm on board there. I recognize the upside, and I recognize he's been, he's been a little bit better lately. Do, do you guys have any opinions on Max Homa in terms of are you actually playing him? I, I mean, Nick and I, it's funny because Nick and I actually talked about this on the Better Golf Pod, and my model likes Max Homa a lot this weekend. I know Nick wasn't in agreement with it and thought that, there were better places to go and and I'll hold some of the names uh, just to not influence anything. But yeah, I, I like Max home a little bit. Now I think there are pivot spots possible, but uh, he's one of the guys in the $8,000 range for me. That's a value across the board of how I ran it. And that means something to me. So I don't have a problem with the Max home play. I, I do think it's pretty savvy. I'm, I I don't dislike Homa. Um, I can get behind him and want to play him. I'm not going to be playing much of him. My reasoning is more, I don't think he's a good value at that price. Right? I think he could do well this week, uh, but I think if I'm going to go up close to 9K, I'd rather spend a little bit more in the low 9K range, or there's a few guys I like much more, um, or there's a few guys maybe in the lower 8K range where I, maybe I like a little bit less, which is a better value to building a roster. So, again, if you really like home, I'm okay with it, but for roster construction purposes, I'm going in a different direction this week. Interesting. All right, I think – it's my pick, right? So I think I might go ahead and free up some more cash. Speaking of models, a guy that really shows up in my model, and I, I will admit this is kind of a risky pick. I don't, I don't really want to dip down here too much, but I took John Rahm, so you know, kind of here I am. So somehow, and I'm, I'm typing him up right now as I stall. Yeah, last 24 rounds. I mean, other than the putter, which we acknowledge we can go with Team No Putt this week, or at least we think we can. This guy's been kind of on fire, and he saves me so much money. It's Martin Laird. I, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like my I, my modeling lately has been a little different. I kind of go extreme on on certain ends just to make sure that I'm different from sort of like the field or other people's models. And last 24 rounds, he's 28th off the tee. He's 26th on approach, 28th around the green. Now keep in mind, those aren't like John like John Rom rankings, but this is a $7,000 golfer. Okay, fairways gain, good drives. He's three and one there. Strokes gain par five. He's 12th. Proximity 200 plus, 25th. Tee to green, 12th. The putter's bad, 110th. That's almost dead last in this field. So that's a big problem. But I'm willing to take the gamble that he's, you know, loses you know, one and a half strokes putting, maybe two strokes putting instead of like losing four. Could could he lose a ton of strokes putting? Yeah, I guess. But like, I'm willing to take that gamble in the 7,000 range to take down a GPP. And again, it frees up a ton of money for me yet again. So I'll go ahead and, and plug him in. Then I got a couple guys I like that now I'm able to get because I've got Hoagie and Martin Laird freeing up some cash for me. Sure. I think everything you said makes a lot of sense there. My model liked him also. So um you know, I think he's a salary saver that hopefully he can get a made cut for you. And, you know, as you said, you kind of now have more routes you can go than you would have before. Yeah, exactly. Laird is definitely on my radar this week. I think it's a really good pick. He's someone as, as a salary saver who, who I'm definitely on. So, Joel, as you consider two, uh, two golfers, I'll go ahead and pick another person here. 
Um, let's see here. I'm scrolling. I'm just going to stop. And is, is somebody named Drago watching? If Drago is watching, I need you to post in the comment. And Joel, maybe you have a pick while I, I wait to see if Drago comments in, in here. Maybe one of your two picks can reveal themselves. I'm going to go with the captain of Team No Putt, Willie Zalatoris, for my first pick. Mm -hmm. The guy can't make a putt to save his life, but he's so good everywhere else. And it doesn't even really matter. He doesn't need to make putts because he puts it so close with his ball striking. So I think 9400 is, is a really good price with how he's been playing. Um, the ownership is going to be a problem, obviously. So I'll, I'll just, you know, with him and Casey, it's a little concerning, but you know, I'll get different elsewhere. This I think is a really strong start. To my so the audience really liked Will Zalatoris. He was one of the guys they were considering when they got, uh, let's see when they picked Chris. Oh yeah. Maybe it might've been Fitzpatrick, either one Fitzpatrick or Kirk. It was between Zal and, and Fitz, I think. So it looks like, okay, this makes sense. Ivan is Drago. So that's a pretty cool reference from Rocky for you younger folks out there um so ivan i you're a member of wind daily from what i recall so i assume you want the the 20 dollars venmo to you to enter into a, a golf contest this weekend so you can confirm that and while joel gives us his second pick i'm gonna round up my second pick with mark leishman uh mark leishman playing great damn golf. it uh his ball striking over the last and the over the year has been gaining almost two strokes on approach per tournament. And he's very well-rounded. He's not just a ball striker. He can make putts. Um, he's kind of strong everywhere and he's got a pretty good course history. He missed a cut last year, but before that um, he's shown that, that he likes this course with a second, 23rd, seventh and first. So I love Mark Leishman. And again, it's still not going too high on salary. It's still being relatively balanced with my life. I love Mark Leishman. I, he he's, I mean, I think he's kind of sneaky. It's not like, I think he's, you know, you know, Hovland or, or Rom or something, but I think he's really sneaky here with his history, the way he's been ball. I mean, the ball striking just since the calendar year, uh, this calendar year has been like pretty excellent. And he's just not one of those names that pops to people. So it kind of keeps his ownership relatively low. I actually picked him kind of like a sneaky play for the, uh, for the first cut one and done that I'm mm -hmm. in. So uh, I I'm, I'm, I'm not normally big on Leishman. I'm big on him this, this week. So I love that pick. It looks like Ivan is getting the $20 entry. So we'll pick some more winners as this show goes. It is on me. So I have two guys I'm considering and I haven't actually plotted out how this is going to work, but I'm going to go ahead and take one of them right now. I'm going to, I'm just going to, instead of like mapping it out, I'm just going to go ahead and take this guy. I think he's off most people's radar for some reason right now. He's also in the 7K range. It's Maverick McNeely. Um, again, I think this is pretty good value at 7,800. He's top 10 in strokes gain, par 5, and proximity 200-plus over the last 24 rounds. He's inside the top 50 in all of the following categories, off the tee, approach, and around the green. And that includes putting as well. I'll throw that in there, but he's 14th in putting. So he's top 50 in those kind of heavy hitter metrics. And then he's 14th in putting. And then he does flash with those metrics that we uh, we think are pretty important. 200 plus strokes game par five. His history here isn't great. Missed cut in 49th. So I guess that's a kind of a watch out. But then again, I think this is sort of the pinnacle of Matt McNeely's career. Hopefully it continues to rise. But, you know, the Matt McNeely of two years ago isn't the Matt McNeely of today. So I'm not super worried about um, the somewhat poor performances here. So give me Matt. 
to spoil it a little bit uh, for what Nick's going to release, I believe that is the Hammered Kid GIF of the week to come top 40. Ooh. So that wins at about a 99.9% rate. <laughs> so you, you got to like that pick based off of that. Excellent. Uh, that is, that's very good news for me. I'm very happy about that. All right. So we got nominations coming in. It looks like, I, I mean, I can tell you who the winner is. It was close, but it looks like it was uh, Keith Mitchell. He hasn't been picked yet, right? No. Okay. Keith Mitchell's just an outstanding pick. Uh, I, don't, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. He, he shouldn't be 8,100. That's probably a guy I could have, I personally could have taken and then taken Matt McNeely with the next pick. So I kind of rushed it. And so um, that's what you get when you rush it. But yeah, I, anybody have any comments about Mitchell? I just, I think he's underpriced, period. It's the same exact thing that I said with Casey. I just think it's too short of a number that that's on him this week. Um, you know, unfortunately, I wish he would have been more in the $9,000 range because I, I still would have liked him at that price. I would have liked some of the ownership to go elsewhere uh, if he would have been up there. But yeah, like I think he makes complete sense. He's top 10 in my model and pretty much all iterations of how I ran it. Uh, and 8100 is a really good price for somebody that's bringing in some of the best combination of course history and current form of anybody in this field. I agree. I think, you know, I think the only concern with Mitchell for this week is ownership. Um, for sure. you know, that should, I mean, because it's a, he's underpriced If people are following, they should see that. Um, and that might creep up, but, but I think it's a really strong pick. think we got to grab Mitchell here. You are so right. Cause there is no, well, you know, Spencer, you would have taken Mitchell, right? If with your back-to-back picks? No, I, I wasn't going to. Uh, the two people I was going to take ended up falling to me. So, just out of curiosity, is the Mitchell stay away? Is that because of ownership? Is that why you weren't going to take him, or you like these other two guys better than Mitchell? I uh, well, I like the high-end guy that I'm going to take a lot this week. I think it's a really good bounce-back spot for the guy, um, which then kind of just obliterates my salary and puts me in this spot to where I have to play the game much differently. But no, I, I don't have a problem with the Mitchell play. Like I think it makes logical sense. I don't think he's going to burn the lineup to the ground. And I would say that about all four picks taken by the audience so far. I think all four of those guys will make the cut. I think that right now that lineup's trending towards a potential six to six. So it's a good start based off of that. Yeah, fair enough. I'm, I'm legitimately mad at myself that I didn't take Mitchell. That's just back to the drawing board for me. Anyway, go ahead, Spencer. Sorry about that. All right. So uh, for me, the first guy I'm going to take, since I guess I've already alluded to him, is I am going to take Sungjae M at $9,900. You know, I I think it's an interesting spot that if he doesn't miss the cut last week, I think he ends up being, now this isn't some like drastic difference I'm about to say, but I think he's two, three, four hundred $400 more expensive. We see... This really weird range right now where, you know, Hideki is what, 10,300 and then he's 9,900 and then Zalatoris is 9,400. So there's really weird pricing around it, but he's been great at this tournament. I think it was just a bad Thursday round from him. And then uh, he bounced back fine on Friday and and three top finishes here with two of them being inside the top uh, three over the past three years. So that's the first name I'm going to take. The second name... Um, let me make sure that the salary adds up correctly. While yeah, you're doing I, that, Spencer, okay. while you're doing that, I'm, I don't know that this guy's in the chat, but I'm, I'm going to ask, um, Joe Sharon, are you in the chat? You, you would be our next winner for either one of the two prizes. Is Joe in there? I don't know that Joe's in here. So 
the champ is here. I don't think that's Joe. So, okay. So Spencer, go ahead with your next pick and then I'll just pick another winner. So I'm going to take this guy. It, it, I was, I'm going to be a hundred dollars off of where I thought I was. So I'm going to have to reassess the situation a little bit, but I'm going to take Sebastian Munoz at $7,000. I really like where his game has been trending over the past month. Three top 39 finishes in a row. He's averaging 5.43 shots to the field with his irons and driver. And really the only thing that's been lacking is the putter, which has gone very ice cold to the tune of negative 3.43 strokes per start. But we're back to Bermuda. We're off the dreaded POA surface for him. Um, I have him as a top 40 wager this week, and I wouldn't be surprised if we get a little bit better than that from him in this tournament. I, I think that like a top 10 or 20 is on the table. Fair enough. That's an interesting pick. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I, I'm not going to be on Munoz this week, but I can't deny the upside. And he's like the first round leader king, right? So yeah, I get it. I get Munoz here. I totally get that. No, All right, so we Munoz and Bradley. There's a chance that they might be first and second after Thursday, and they both might miss the cut. There's always that potential. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so let's uh, we're getting uh, audience nominations. Um, let's see. Uh, we don't have consensus yet, do we? This is. I continuum. see. There's a lot of names in here. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm seeing some names here. Is, does Kokrak have two? Oh, yeah. I guess, Co well, no, that's the same person. Oh, no, okay, Kokrak is the, is the pick, it looks like. Okay. Jason Kokrak. I, I mean, I, I like that pick. That's that's who I would have gone with if they didn't take him. That's who I was going to take as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good pick. I think yeah, he totally I, mean, I, I can't afford him, but I, I like the pick also, just to throw it out there. Yeah, the metrics don't jump off the page, but his history, his recent history is pretty good, and his course history is pretty good too. And and he does seem like a pretty good course fit here, so I do like that. All right, so I've got eighty two fifty left. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stall for a second here because I'm not exactly sure who I want to take. Man, I'm I'm tempted to take this a very contrarian play this week. Hmm. Man, I wish I, I had taken Keith Mitchell. That that really, really hurts me. Okay, so I'm going to go with this guy. This is an interesting pick. I, I think he might have made it into my article, my initial picks article. And he's a guy that just was so bad the last time out. But if for some reason, and it's the same thing Spencer was saying about Sungjae, for some reason he wasn't playing at the Genesis or just like didn't play or just played average, his price would likely be a lot higher because prior to the Genesis, he was amazing, but he lost nine total strokes at the Genesis, which is really incredible. Of course, that's Taylor Gooch at 8,600. Other, if you take the Genesis out of the equation, the only thing that's been a problem for him this year is the putter. The putter has tended to be a problem, but it, it, it can also spike too. So if, if the Genesis was just an anomaly and he's back to the just the regular ball striking that we know and love from Taylor Gooch, I got to be honest, I'm a little nervous about this pick, but I think this is like sort of the time to take Taylor Gooch because people are sort of like back off him. They're very much scared of him. I don't think his, you guys can tell me, I don't think his ownership is going to be particularly high. So it just seems like a good time to take a good ball striker. Yes, yeah, about 7%. Uh, that's going to be in the $8,000 range. I see one player that's, I guess, two players that are less than him. But I mean, they're like, they're all the same number. And then obviously you have like the Kokraks, Casey's, Mitchells that are going to be much more popular. So yeah, it's a way to diversify your lineup 100% and, and get a little unique with it. 
Fair enough. Um, okay, so Joel, while, while you're considering, let me go ahead and pick another winner. I don't think Joe was in the chat. Um, I didn't actually put the rule that you. Well, I did actually. I did say you had to be in the chat. Is Jalen Rager is a goat? Is he in here? Jalen Rager is a goat, which is like the best Twitter <laughs> handle of all time. Uh, Jalen Rager, if you're if you're in here, uh, or if it's the actual Jalen Rager, Jalen Rager, if you're in here, um, pipe in because I, I want to give you a three month membership or or twenty bucks. If not, I'll just pick another winner after uh, Joel gives us his it's two picks. It's very likely that Jalen Rager is going to drop this opportunity and not be in here. I oh, nice. I see what you did. It was perfectly executed. <laughs> well done. Oh, that was good. Um, all right. This is going to be a tough one for me. So there's two guys that I'm really torn between. I will tell you who the two are after I pick the first one. Um, of the two guys I'm contemplating first, it's between Luke List and Cameron Young. Um, both guys who are just kind of recent form. They're both big hitters. They're, they're similar in nature. I'm going to go with my, on my first pick with um, with Luke List. I think Luke List has been a middle. I mean, I know Cameron Young is, is more of the recency bias for me. He's been unbelievable off the tee. Um, but I think uh, Luke List has been doing it for a little bit longer. He's been in this kind of form, so I think that consistency is what I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on with List on this pick, which um, is then gonna leave me with around 8k for my next pick. So I'm gonna go back up here. And there's two guys at the 8k range I'm looking for, and it's kind of a, a battle between course history and recent form. I'm sorry, Joel. Joel, the Jalen Rager jokes are just so damn funny. Uh, Isaiah, man, you are like the MVP of this show. Wow, Rager didn't make it happen again. Um, real quick, Theo, I don't know what, what your handle is on Twitter, so I, I don't think you, I don't think you missed your name getting called. So um, no worries there, but you might want to remind me what your handle is. I'm kind of randomly picking at this point. Is this coach? Is Miami Mike coach? I don't know. I'm not sure who that is. I'm just curious. Uh, and then here's Courtney. He's uh, not happy about the Eagles uh, smack talk. So anyway, um, Joel, sorry to interrupt you. I just I had to get in there. Uh, your second pick, Carter. Carry on. No sorry. worry. So my last pick, I'm contemplating between course history with Tommy Fleetwood, who has been really good playing here. Uh, but, you know, we haven't seen that recently. And Cameron Tringale, who you know has been playing well recently. You know, I want to go with kind of the recent form or do I want to go with someone who has got a history here. And I'm going to with Tringale. Um, I like the way he's been playing. I think he's someone who you know, has been pretty consistent. I think he's pretty safe for me to run the up. So I'm going pretty balanced here with this lineup, but I feel good about it. Okay. I want everybody, uh, cause this has been kind of going around the last week. I want everybody, if you can, to go into DraftKings and, and pull up, uh, pull up, pull up Cameron Tringale's DraftKings picture. I have been told or it has been said on on shows that I'm not on that I look like Cameron Tringali. And it's specific to the DraftKings picture. And I got to be honest, I don't think I look anything like the guy. But the DraftKings picture, I got to admit, I, it, it kind of looks like me. Right? Isn't it's that weird? It's not just like, I would say just isolating the face alone, maybe not. But it's all the other things like... The shirt is similar to the shirt you usually wear. The hairdo is like yeah. the exact same. The same like smile. It's like, all right, maybe not the exact face, but everything else is too similar. Yeah, fair enough. All right, Theo, I got you. No, we haven't called your name, at least not yet. So um, thanks for checking in. Um, that's funny. Okay, so yeah, I, I guess I can't disagree with that. Okay, so I have 7,900 left. 
All right, I am free falling right now because I'm so mad that I didn't take Mitchell when I could have. I'm I'm so disappointed in myself because my lineup just would have been so golden. So I'm actually looking, I'm trying to pull up that $7,900 range right now. And Fleetwood actually, yeah, he didn't rate out super well for me. Um, let's see. All right. I took Mav McNeely already. Man, this is tough, guys. All right. I think I'm going to go with another slightly contrarian guy that people were on about a month or two ago, but just aren't on now. I think if the conditions get tough, I think he might be pretty good. He also happens to be a great ball striker, but he's completely out of our consciousness right now for whatever reason. It's Seamus Power. Ever since that collapse on Sunday a few weeks back, like people just aren't interested. And that makes sense, right? I'm not even blaming people for that because Seamus Power isn't really a big name. So anytime a guy is like an emerging player, but he's not a big name, and then he crashes and burns on, on television, like people are like, all right, I don't really know what this guy is. But I can tell you what he was before that crash and burn. He was a really good golfer and ball striker. So I, I kind of like the bounce back spot here. I, I think I'm taking a big risk with Seamus Power and Taylor Gooch, who at least from a very recent form standpoint, really haven't been great. Uh, this whole lineup seems very risky to me, but again, it's it's GPP. So that's, I don't mind doing that. I love the pick. I'll just throw that out there. I think it's a really savvy move to make this week. Nice. Thanks. I support it as well. All right. Thanks, Joel. Thanks for your support. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right so audience. we're on the audience. You are on the clock. So let's see what we have here. It looks like we have, we do have some love for Young and we have some love for Day. Yes. It looks, it looks like Young won, though, I think right? Young's the winner. I think Young's Yeah, there was like four, four for Young. Young's the winner. Yep. All right, Cameron Young. Oh, that's I less mean, than ideal. We should have given them Jason Day. <laughs> well, you still have a pick left. Oh, you can't afford Jason Day, can you? I always can make it work. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, do you guys so want me to make this pick now? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So um, I miscalculated this originally. I will throw this out there that I was hoping to get Ian Poulter. Uh, I can't afford him. I'm $100 off. Uh, 12 of 13 tournaments. Uh, 12 of the 13 times he's played this tournament, he's come in the top 48. I think he's a really safe person that I was hoping to round this lineup up with, but I, I guess I'm going to have to go down the volatile route with it because I don't know if I like Lanto Griffin. I don't know if I want another 10% golfer. I mean, Munoz looks like he's 10%. Sungjae's more in that 15% range. Um, Lanto's probably safe, but I'm going to shoot for the moon on this play and it's never worked out for me before, but I do think he's mispriced. And my model doesn't love him just because I don't have a bunch of European tour stats on it. And, um, you know, obviously when he has played in America recently, it hasn't been great. But let's shoot for the moon here. I will take Thomas Peters at $7,000. And, you know, maybe he can compete for this tournament. Like he is probably him and Munoz. And Munoz is really stretching it. Like the last two guys, in my opinion, that if they won, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I think there's upside there. There's like you know, there's crash and burn potential, obviously, yes. but um, I definitely think there's upside there. I like. I think what, what's interesting about him this week is that I think what's hidden in this week is that other than the top ten to maybe twelve guys, 
Um, I think it, the, this field very much so averages out. So, you know, I think he can compete. You know, I think a top 20 is very realistic for him because, you know, it's, you know, it's not very deep field. So um, I, I like that pick. Yeah, we've seen him win European tournaments recently with guys like, I mean, I won't include Hovland, but like the Fleetwoods, the Sergios, a lot of those players in the field. So, I mean, if he had a little bit better form on American soil, I, I think that you could argue that this could be 7,600, 7,500 and put him in that range. So I'm going to say there's a $500 discount that I'm getting, you know, $500, $600 discount and kind of just shoot for the moon with him. Awesome. So let me give out, just to not string out the like the the giving out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call three names out, and all th- and it, that'll be all like we'll, we'll do for this show and whatever's left over from the five memberships that Jason promised to give out and the four twenty dollar um, Venmos for for DFS this week. Whatever's left over um, or unclaimed, we'll just roll over to the next show. Which by the way, do do we want to do we want to tell people who we have for the next show right now or should we wait? We should we drop a little tease right now? Let the people know. Let the people know. Okay. So you're going to be very familiar with this name. He's been on our show before, but not since we've done the PGA DraftCast format. It's going to be PGA Tout. He's going to be with us next week. I think everybody who's listening definitely knows who PGA Tout is. He's not only like a really good golf mind, but he's also like a really nice person too. He's really fun. So we're looking forward to that. We've had a lot of people that were, were kind of lining up, but we don't want to have guests every week because we want the audience to have like full discretion even though last week with me, they really truly did have full discretion. But so when we have guests, you still have it. But, you know, we don't want to have guests every time. So after PGA Tout, we'll probably take a break. And then I think Model Maniac might come back. And honestly, Spencer, I had an idea. Since, since he's part of Rotoballer now, from what I understand, mm-hmm. it could be like a Rotoballer versus Win Daily versus Audience, where we have three teams and we pontificate during the show. We collaborate like back and forth and just talk it out. And we have a roto baller versus win daily versus audience thing going. I think that would be really fun. And then we have other guests that are, that we're lining up to for this show. There's a lot of people super interested in this format. So you're going to see a lot of big names across the industry that are, that are going to be with us for sure. Yeah. I, I love that idea. That would be a lot of fun to do. All right. So let me, um, let me announce these names, by the way, I did, uh, there was Joe Sharon. If you're in here, make yourself known because I announced your name uh, some time ago. Okay. So Carmen Anthony, Courtney Harden, and who was the other one? Um, oh, and uh, Big Theo. If any of you three are listening, please let us know. And I'll go ahead and, and I'll ask you which which of the two sort of prizes you want. And then if Jalen, the Jalen Rager guy is in here and if Joe Sharon is in here, please let your presence um, be known as well. So I can, I see Courtney's in there. So Courtney, you can just tell me if you're, uh, if you're picking the Venmo or the three-month membership to win daily. Um, but yeah, this is, so what do you guys think of the lineups? I like all the lineups. I think everybody has a really good team. I think this is a really solid draft. Uh, Drop your votes in. Let us know which team you like the most. Uh, Put it in the chat. And while you're at it, feel free to hit like, subscribe, maybe give us a follow. Uh, Oh, yeah, we would love to see who you're voting on now. So you can come back next week and you can kind of see who is right. We all know I'm probably going to win. But, you know, (laughs) we don't want to count our chickens before they have. So tell us who you're voting for. But we're not done for tonight yet. As always, we got the outright market. We got some first-round leaders. Let's take it. Let's kick it right off. See ya. Why don't you kick us off tonight? Who do you like in the outright market? 
So real quick, let me, um, Theo, um, looks like Courtney has picked the membership, the three-month membership. That's great. Uh, Theo, you're already a member, I think. I'm not 100% sure. So what do you want? Do you want the $20 uh, entry or do you want the membership? And then I think that's everybody that's responded. Carmen, if you're out there, Joe or Jalen Rieger, uh, let us know. Um, but uh, I'll wait to hear from Theo. Okay, so the outright market, I'll be honest, I need to look at it. So I got to go. I probably got to go last on that one. Okay, no worries. We'll, we'll get you right over to Spencer. Spencer, who are you liking the outright market? So I want to preface this by saying 19 of the top 23 players um, are inside the top 20 in pricing. So to that's in my model when I look at it that way. So to me, that means one of those 19 guys I think is going to be your winner this week. I don't think we're going to get a long shot. And even when you look historically at these boards, uh, I mean, there's, there's big names that have won it, like Rory McIlroy. Jason Day, Bryson DeChambeau, like it's the top of the top players that seem to win this tournament yearly. So uh, I'm going to have three names on my board. Two of them are at the very top. I don't normally take the stance to where I go to the very top of the board and take two choices, but I'm going to take Rory McIlroy at 13 to one. I'm going to take Victor Hovland at 18 to one. I think he's a very unique contrarian play, even in DraftKings this week. And I'm going to take Corey Connors at 70 to one. And uh, that's going to be a little bulky over a card. It's going to be about 1.16 units in exposure. I usually like to keep it under one unit, but that that's still fine. It's still a number that I'm able to get to, and it's not going to completely overexpose me for the week. I like it. Awesome. Um, real quick. So it looks like Carmen is here and Theo is here. Theo is, quote, a member for life. That's really cool to hear. I think Theo could probably sing our praises in terms of what Discord is like and just what the interaction is like across all, not just golf, across all of the... Um, spectrums and sports on discord so carmen just let us know in the chat whether you want the 20 dollars entry into a dfs which is really just me venmoing you 20 dollars. you can kind of do whatever you want i, I kind of hope you use it on dfs because that was kind of the point or you can get the three-month membership uh to win daily three-month gold membership uh which again will give you not just golf stuff it'll give you everything stuff so uh let us know and then i'm still waiting to hear from joe or jalen rieger if i don't hear from them then that's cool oh and courtney too he has to tell me, oh, he told me membership. So that would be it. And then we'll just roll over everything left over to next week when we're on with uh, PGA Tell. You know, it's funny, Sia. I have reached out to DraftKings and I've asked them if they can make it possible for you to gift someone an entry. So I've, we've, I've already started the wheels for you. So hopefully maybe next, later in the year, we can actually give you that entry opposed to just the PayPal. But uh, congrats sure. on the on the win. That is an awesome value. So congrats for uh, for the victors. Awesome. Now back to my outrights. Um, there is one Hail Mary I'm throwing this week. It's someone I think, you know, I like to go for a long time. I think as a shot, I think there's a one guy that's getting a little overlooked in the market. It's Garrick Higo at 200 to one. Now when we think 200 to one shots, listen, I don't think he's a favorite. He should win, but I don't think he should be 200 to one. This is a guy who is capable of winning a tournament, right? He can make putts. He, he can strike with the best of them. So, um, you know, I would probably put him closer to a hundred to one to get that extra 200 is, is a big boost. So maybe worth putting a couple bucks on to have some fun, but then on the more realistic side, the guys that I think, you know, can really compete this week to actually take down this tournament. I'm going to start with Keith Mitchell at 45 to one. I, I love the way he's been playing recently. Um, I think his form is really strong. I like Billy Horschel at 50 to one. You know, one of the things that that has me on, on Horschel here is just the discrepancy of his, uh, his number here in the outright market versus his DraftKings price, right? I mean, his DraftKings price is probably, what, top 10, top 12 guys? And this here has it maybe in the top 30. 
So it's, there's a discrepancy there. I think he, he's capable of, of putting together a week and winning a tournament. So at 50 to one, I think you're getting a really good number on him. And my last outright play, and, and I know it's it's a stretch, hoping that he can put together four days without blowing up, but I'm going to go with Chris Kirk, a guy that has a really good history here at 70 to one. It's a really good number. You just, you got to hope he drills putts all week, but if he does, I think he can compete as well. My model like loved Garrett Kago. I'll just want to throw that out there. Ooh, I think they're spicing up there. Maybe I'll put a little more on a couple bucks on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll give I'll, I have four outrights. I'll probably give out like five first round leaders. So um, let me go with maybe six. We'll see. Uh, let me go with the four outrights. And by the way, for those of you that won stuff, just uh, if you haven't heard already, direct message me on Twitter and uh, we'll, we'll get the membership stuff taken care of. Sometimes it can take a day or two to like process, just FYI. So be patient there. The Venmo stuff, I can Venmo you right away. No problem. I just need your, or PayPal, whatever, whatever your handle is. Um, just let me know whatever's easier for you. All right. So let me give some outrights. Um, let me make sure this number is right real quick on Hideki Matsuyama. I think it is. Yeah. 25 to one. I, I, I think Deki can win this tournament. I think he's a really interesting pivot off of guys like Rom or McElroy. Uh, I, I, just the ball striking has just been so good. Uh, the putter has been bad on this course, which is why when you look at his history, it's not very good here. But it's because of a really bad putter. The ball striking has always been really good here. So if the putter just improves a little bit, and his putting lately has improved, uh, I really like Hideki. Um, the next one is, is Mark Leishman. It's funny that I'm even saying him because his odds are so terrible at 28 to 1. I think he should be 35 to 1. I don't understand the number. It just has me tempted. It, you know, it's it's one of those things where sometimes when a number seems so off, I, I feel like, all right, there's a reason for it. And I don't think it's a great number. If I was going to stay off one of the four I'm recommending, it would be that one. But I'm just going to throw him out there at 28 to 1. Hopefully you can find a better number. Uh, Jason Kokrak at 50 to 1 and Justin Rose at 60 to 1. Um, I think Rose has plenty of upside here. Same with Jason Kokrak. We've already talked about him. We didn't really address Rose. Last year when he was at this tournament, he was doing great. And then he just kind of flamed out and, and quit. Um, and just kind of left with, I think, you know, back spasms or something. But I think he lines up really well here. And uh, he's been playing really well, too. So I think 60 to 1 for a veteran on this type of course makes a lot of sense. I love it. I love it. And now, finally, let's get to where we make our real money in the first round leader. Spence, who are you looking at here? So I don't, I haven't seen all the prices yet. So I'm going to just spitball some names out that, uh, I'm going to do a deeper dive on now. I assume I will have Keegan Bradley for a first-round leader. I assume I will have Sebastian Munoz for a first-round leader. If I'm going to put them onto my roster, I'm going to make sure that I get a first-round leader ticket on them because I think that's always the best way to play them. The third guy that um, maybe you guys could tell me, uh, what do you guys know what price Mav McNeely is to be first-round leader? 50 to 1. Well, I'm okay with that number. Um I'll run some numbers on it right now. Bradley and Munoz will be the two guys that I will confirm on the show. And then I'll post my fir full first round leader card tomorrow when I run all the numbers completely with it. But Bradley and Munoz will go with that for this show and maybe on Maverick McNeely. I love it. I love it. There's one guy I really just want to mention on the show. He's been playing great. I think a first round leader spot's a good spot to pin him at 100 to 1. It's Sam Ryder. I love his recent form. This guy's ball striking is there. He does typically find ways to blow up. So I like him in a first-round leader market as maybe one day he gets hot and can be the leader 
Uh, again, at, at the 100 to 1 number, I think, you know, it's definitely a fun one to roll the dice on. Uh, another interesting one I like for first-round leader at 80 to 1 is Lee Westwood. Uh, Lee Westwood's been playing well. We saw him last year string together a couple tournaments where he really competed. Um, I've seen him playing a little bit better recently. Maybe this is a week where I think he puts together another, you know, first round where where he comes out in hot in the lead. And I want to support the Munoz first round leader play. Munoz is a guy we've seen come out, get hot on the first day. Um, that's the way I, I would like to play him this week. I, he's been playing really well. It's another way to get some action on a, on a guy who's in really good form. Sia, talk to us. Who are you looking at here in the first round leader market? Okay, so I have six guys. Now, I, I would I did want to ask you guys a question. I should know this, but is there, you know, obviously there, there might be some wind. I know Saturday and Sunday, um, Stephen had informed us the wind is really going to pick up. But as far as Thursday is concerned, do you know, if, I mean, for first round leaders, are you looking at morning guys? I know typically we are, but do you know if the wind is going to be an issue yet on Thursday? I don't know 100% the answer to that question. I mean, the one thing I will say is I think the greens will be much more receptive in the morning. So mm-hmm. uh, that would be more of where I'm looking if I more so than the wind. I think that it'll probably be pretty even across the board from what I've at least gathered from people that I've heard. I haven't done the research myself with it, but um, yeah, I don't know if you know the answer, Joel. My typical thought process on that stuff is, wait till Wednesday night just because I don't want to start making leans now and then it changes and now I've already leaned one way. So it keeps me kind of keep a clear thought process on it to just see what happens Wednesday night and then make my decision. Yeah, that makes sense. I have, I have ended like I picked three afternoon guys and three morning guys, not on purpose. It just ended up that way. If for some reason I find out that the afternoon is going to be a problem, um, then I might just kind of pivot to and, and take those guys off my board and, because I don't, I don't have to bet these right now. They're not really going to change. So I'm just kind yeah. of putting that out there for you. Um, here's some first-round leaders. And I'll tell you who's going to be in the morning and who's not. And then I'll tell you the guy that you absolutely have to bet. Because, you know, obviously. Well, let's start with Hideki Matsuyama at 35-1. to 1. He's no stranger to being a first-round leader. And he's no stranger to, to being hot and then fizzling out. Just like a lot of the players, elite players on the PGA Tour. I think 35-1 to 1 is a decent number. I don't usually like to play somebody that short. But. I just really like the form deck he's in. I don't think this course is going to be particularly intimidating to him. So the next guy I really like, he does have an, uh, more of a, a later tee time. It's Jason Kokrak at 50 to one. Again, we don't have to sing his praises again. He's just a great course fit. I like him quite a bit. The next two guys, one's in the morning, one's in the afternoon. I'll give the afternoon guy first. It's Tom Hoagie at 66 to one. Again, a guy that's no stranger to getting hot in the first round. I think 66 to one is a pretty good number. Justin Rose is in the morning and he's 60 to one justin rose last time out wasn't very good his approach numbers were like just god awful but in general his game has improved a little bit and at a course that's going to be proved to be a little tougher i actually like him here a lot better i think he could get hot on day one uh, especially since he's in the morning so i like him lee hodges is an afternoon guy at 130 to one i will throw out isaiah's name here because he likes speaking of hodges he's the same DraftKings price as uh, adam svensson i don't know if adam svensson is the morning or the afternoon but i know his number is super like 130 or 151 like lee hodges so i'll throw out um that's isaiah's pick and uh here's the breaking news guys this is a guy that has just really truly been dominant it's a guy that i'm so mad i didn't draft I just it was just just kind of slipped my mind that I had to take him before Mad McNeely. And if I had, I would have loved my roster. So now I know that I can build a roster I love because I can build a different roster, of course, uh, with this guy in it. 
he has been an absolute ball striking machine. Let me give you since January 16th. Okay. So basically his first tournament of this calendar year, he gained 3.67 strokes, uh, ball, uh, ball striking. Then he, he actually lost 0.67 and then he gained 4.69, then 6.85, then 4.47. And he gained across the board. It wasn't just like a great approach game. And then, you know, kind of middling off the tee. Like he gained a ton in each category. His around the green game is pretty good. It wasn't last week, but it's pretty good. His putter is either slightly below average or it spikes to something amazing, like gaining 4.65 strokes or 3.77, 3.47, like he did late last year. Of course, I'm talking about a guy that's maybe the most underpriced golfer in this entire slate, and it's Keith Mitchell. And I don't love his number. I wish his number was a little bit higher for first round leader, but the fact that it's only 45 to one tells me something that either maybe he's taking, like to me, it should be 50 to one or like, you know, maybe 60 to one, but it's 45 to one for a reason because this guy can just smash it. And they knew I was going to pick him as the first round leader. And so they had to make the number reasonable to not get completely bankrupted by our audience. Your first round leader at the API is none other than Keith. Mitchell at 45 to one. You're welcome. I would make sure to grab that now because I'm sure by tomorrow morning, it's going to be negative odds. So you yep. want to get that before that. Yeah. So hop on that. Yeah. Typically after I give it out, like they're not right on it. Um, Cause there's a delay. We actually purposely delay the feed. So our audience gets it from our YouTube channel, but um, the guys at the books, there's a delay. So by tomorrow morning, it'll adjust to what, Joel, minus minus a thousand, minus eight hundred. At least, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if, if it was minus fifteen hundred at that yeah. point. Or off the board. So you you definitely want to hit it before it's off the board. That's true. At minus a thousand, it's still pretty good. It's still solid. <laughs> you, have have, you have to have a lot. Of, you have to have a lot of capital to be able to actually get some return on that. So that's but, the but, issue there. Yeah. But I would prefer. I mean, slightly, slightly prefer it at the forty to one number. But you know, at that point, it's if you yeah. free money is free money. Yeah. Right. So borrow, get a loan, whatever you have to do. But I mean, it's it's obviously going to hit. So. Well, guys, it's going to be a fun tournament this week. Again, the, the API is a fun one to watch. Um, there should be some dramatics. Good luck. Hop in Discord. Uh, but before we leave you, don't forget, hit the like button. Give us a follow. It goes a long way if you like the show. Anything I left out? Yeah, well, we, we didn't recap all the all the winners i don't need to say their names but if you won make sure you direct message me it looks like we gave out four gold memberships and two twenty dollar um you know venmos for dfs which means next week we'll give away two more twenty dollar um whatever entries into dfs and at least one more gold membership so that's something to tune in for if you didn't win this week uh, or if you're listening to the podcast later which of course we we the wind daily sports podcast we have that as well so if you listen to the podcast and you're hearing this for the first time just watch us next week and you'll probably win something so um keith mitchell first round leader uh i i gotta i gotta do this i gotta do the very predictable no not that thing congratulating spencer again for being golf right of the year. Cause that's just incredible. And congratulating myself for having being number one this week in our little contest. Cause my team's obviously going to win even without Keith Mitchell. And then there's just one other thing and it's, um, ah, what was it again? Sports, sports, sports. <laughs>